2019 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select. Yeah, draft day, Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day, A. Wiggins. Fuck that other side, bitch, we stay winning. Hello and welcome in to Carson Sack Podcast, the 2018 NFL Draft Edition. In this episode of Carson Sack, where we talk balls, we are only going to talk one ball, and we are going to look at each team's 32, each team, their first round pick. I'm going to go through, talk about what some of the experts are saying, and then give my own opinion. We're going to roll off of my own opinion for each pick, and that will be and decide who is available and who isn't. Like I said, 32 teams, 32 picks in the first round. I'm going to sit down and break them all down for you. So, the Cleveland Browns, you are now on the clock. So now we talk about the Browns, and the experts I'm using are Mel Kuyper, um, Todd McShay, and then four guys from NFL.com, and the NFL.com people have each pick, and they list who they think they should take. So, for the Browns, there's um, three Sam Darnolds, the quarterback from USC, and then one Josh Allen. A big thing that is going to factor into this pick is the fact that the Browns also have the fourth pick. I've heard some rumors and some strategies where the Browns might just take a quarterback at 1-4. and four. I don't think that should happen because, yes, you can get your guy at 1, whoever you want. And say they want Donald, they can go out and get him. And then let's just say they want Baker at 4. The Giants at 2 and the Jets at 3, they both need quarterbacks. So say either one of those guys takes Baker and say the Browns wanted him, then they have to settle for maybe a Rosen or a Josh Allen, which you shouldn't do. If you want a guy, you need to go out and get him. And so if Darnold's their number one, take him. And then if you feel like you have to settle for a second quarterback just because you want to take two quarterbacks with these picks, then don't. Take another player. Take a guy, if he's available, like Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from North Carolina State. My my idea of a good draft pick for the Browns right here is not a quarterback. You have Tyrod Taylor, who took the Bills to the playoffs last year, who is a good quarterback. And what I am really concerned that the Browns would do is, let's just throw a name out there and say they do take Sam Darnold. Let's say that around week seven, six or seven, we'll throw an eight there as well, halfway through the year. Tyrod is struggling a little bit, okay? Throws maybe too many interceptions, cost the Browns a game or two here and there, and there's some chirping from the fans. Oh, well, we drafted this quarterback number one. Why aren't we playing him? We're paying all this money. Why don't we play him? In my opinion, none of these quarterbacks are like ready right now to step in and be a game-changing franchise quarterback. Will some of them get there? I really think they will. But the learning curve from college to the NFL is ridiculous. And you can look at certain players like Jared Goff 
Um, Blake Bortles, um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton did well in his first year, but he had some regression as well. Just players that, yes, they're going to be good, but you got to give them time. you got to develop. And I feel like if Tyrod is struggling a little bit and the fans start getting in some upset situations and management is also frustrated, they're going to force Darnold or Josh Allen or Baker or um, – What's his name? Josh Rosen in, and they're not going to be ready. And they're going to be in the same situation they were in so many times in the past couple years, rotating back and forth between quarterbacks and just not getting a consistency and a good foundation for their franchise. So in my opinion, if you are the Browns here, I would take Saquon Barkley. He is the best player, I think, in the draft. And that's and that's what they did last year. The Browns they took Miles Garrett, which everyone thought was the best player in the draft. An okay rookie season. Um, again, the learning curve. It takes time to develop. It takes time to learn the ins and outs and the small little details in the NFL that makes you a great player, a franchise player, a superstar. I think Garrett could be on his way to a great career, but it just takes time. You take Saquon, and I know some people are going to say, well, they brought Carlos Hyde over in the offseason. They have Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson has been running the slot receiver position now throughout the offseason, so there's something to look at. And then, yes, Carlos Hyde is also there and was brought in, but Saquon and Carlos Hyde are kind of the same back. I think Saquon is better than Carlos Hyde, yes, but if you can have a tandem, a a combo backfield, Saquon is going to stay healthier than if he was just the workhorse back. You don't have to put him on a pitch count, but you can get him and realize that he can be healthier for a lot longer and be able to contribute and be a part of your team well past 30 years old because that's when running backs start to decline is in their 30s. Um, I don't think that's going to happen with Saquon necessarily, but it in- increases the chance even more that it's not going to happen. If you have a split backfield with Carlos Hyde and Saquon who both Good hard runners, and both can catch the ball out of the backfield and be dynamic playmakers. So the first pick for the Browns, if I am doing it, I am taking Saquon Barkley running back from Penn State University. Now we move on, and the Giants are on the clock. These experts have it going. Saquon, who is gone, so he is out of the picture. And then Bradley Chubb is the only other guy that is talked about to be taken, but he's only supposed to be taken, according to one expert, at two. Everyone else has Saquon. If Saquon does fall to the Giants and the Browns do take a quarterback, which could easily happen, the Giants need to hop on Saquon. They have not had a running game since um, Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw were there, and that was years ago. They tried to fill in holes with Rashad Jennings and uh, Andre Williams from Boston College, who was one of the better running backs in college football in the past recent years. But if Saquon's available, the Giants need to take him. If he isn't, they have to build and look forward to what life is going to be like for their organization without Eli Manning. You saw it a little bit last year when um, McAdoo, like a fucking idiot, decided, hey, I'm going to start um, Geno Smith and just ruin Eli Manning's um, streak of game start and everything. Just one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. Literally, you st- I know Eli wouldn't have wanted to happen this way, but start him, let him start. And then take him out. But, God, McAdoo, idiot, pissed me off. 
So, now that in my mind I took Saquon Barkley, I'm going to go quarterback. And the top four quarterbacks are still there. From what I have heard, they are a fan of Josh Rosen. There is a lot of talk about Josh Rosen maybe being too smart for his own good. Um, might want to be a little bit more opinionated than what he should be in game plans and whatnot. And I'm, I don't want the same situation for the Browns to happen to the Giants where, say, Eli is having a down year like he had last year. Um and then Rosen, they force him to come in. And being with such a personality like Odell, if those guys aren't meshing, that could be a dangerous thing. So I don't know about Rosen. If you want to maybe take the sexy pick, you go and take Baker Mayfield just so he can get in New York. Um, flash style, bring that to New York and the Giants organization. I don't know, again, if that's going to pair well with Odell. A lot of people think uh, Josh Allen has the most ceiling out of these quarterbacks, and I think he does, but he also has the lowest floor. So, Since last year, pretty much, going into this year, everyone thought that Sam Darnold was the clear overall pick, and I think he's good. He showed that he is good, but just inconsistent. I think consistency will come if he gets a year behind Eli Manning, who... We'll show him the ropes. We'll teach him how to be a professional, how to get there before everyone else is, how to leave after, how to study film. So in this pick, the second pick for the Giants, I am going to give them Sam Darnold, quarterback from USC. As I mentioned, we now move on to the third pick that belongs to the New York Jets. They have brought in Baker Mayfield a lot in the whole draft process leading up to the draft. Some news of note, the odds for who was the first pick came out yesterday, and Darnold was up number one. He had the best odds to be taken number one. Now, um, Baker Mayfield changed odds, and he's still not the favorite, but he has gained some ground on Darnold. So that's just a little thing to look at. A thing that is also to look at is Todd Bowles, the coach for the Jets. I don't know how he would handle Baker Mayfield, I think they're two very different styles, and I think that could be good for Baker. Uh, Bulls is more of a hard nose. It's all about the team situation, where in his first year, the the not Giants, the Jets were supposed to be terrible, and he got them to be competitive in so many games. Obviously, that wasn't the case last year because they're picking third, but it's just... Nice to see, I think, that if Baker does go there and some people question his character just for his on-the-field antics because off the field he hasn't done anything wrong and it kind of bothers me that he gets the whole Johnny Manziel comparison just because, I mean, he's a white quarterback. He has a bit of a attitude when it comes to playing the game. It's sort of like how all black quarterbacks kind of get compared to Michael Vick if they're agile, how some guys that are white – um, scrambling running quarterbacks with some fire in their bellies while they're playing football get compared to Johnny Manziel. It's a little annoying. I think, honestly, the Jets are either going to take Rosen or Baker, and I think they're going to end up taking Josh Rosen with the third overall pick quarterback out of UCLA. So back on the clock with the fourth pick are the Cleveland Browns. 
the experts here have them saying three Bradley Chubbs and then one Saquon Barkley, which I had him going number one overall to them anyway. If you do want to take a quarterback now, the ones that are left after my my two cents and giving it with the two and the third pick, <clears throat> the quarterbacks left are Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. Again, Josh Allen has the most ceiling, I believe. I think he could be the best in this draft, but he could honestly be the worst just because we've seen how just inconsistent and how his uh, completion percentage, even with lesser competition, has been. So it's a little concerning. Honestly, if I'm the Browns and I am going to take a quarterback, I'm taking Baker Mayfield here at the fourth pick. Tyrod Taylor is a scrambling quarterback, can run the ball well, just like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was built a lot like Russell Wilson, but they are nothing like the same player at all. Tyrod is more of a player like uh, Baker Mayfield because of how they can run the ball as well as they can throw the ball. I think Baker's a better pass than Tyrod right now. Say we give Tyrod a year, and if we don't like him in Cleveland, we can get rid of him. Don't force Baker onto the field. Do not do that. Take him if you want to, but if you are going to take a quarterback in that situation, you got to take Baker, not Josh Allen. Do I think the Browns are going to take a quarterback? Yeah, they're going to take a quarterback at either one or four. So right now we're going to have them put it down with the fourth pick in the NFL draft. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield quarterback out of Oklahoma. Now with the fifth pick in the draft, we have the Denver Broncos, who also need a quarterback. But in another situation where, say, Saquon Barkley hasn't been drafted, they just released C.J. Anderson, their running back. If uh, Bar- if Saquon is available at five, the Broncos are taking him. They're, I guarantee it. But in my draft, he's not available. And they need a quarterback. Desperately. So... If they're going to do that and the only viable option left really is Josh Allen, I know some people might think Lamar Jackson, but I don't think John Elway is ever going to take a quarterback like um, Lamar Jackson. So they're going to take Josh Allen here. I think Elway is going to try and be hands-on a little bit more than he has been with his quarterbacks in the past with Brock Osweiler and his other ones. I think Elway will probably try and take a very hands-on approach and teach him some things and maybe not force him right away into playing. I think he'll probably have a situation where he will play in the le- where he will play in games, but later on in the season he'll have Simeon and Osweiler battle back and forth. And I mean Paxton Lynch is there, but he's been an afterthought for a while now. I think Josh Allen develops a little bit under John Elway's tutelage, and I think Josh Allen ends up playing in some games later in the year and just shows he's progressed a little bit more. And the receiving core in Denver is very good. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, just good guys that can help Josh Allen succeed very early on in his career. With all that being said, with the fifth pick in the NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select Josh Allen. And I don't know if he likes to smoke weed or not, but it's legal. He can. I mean, he's... He went to Wyoming. There's probably nothing to do there except drink and smoke. So, I mean, he probably smoked some herbs. So, happy for you, Josh. Glad you can do that. So, now, here are things 
where they get a little interesting considering who I've said is gone and who hasn't. So with the sixth pick, the uh, Colts are on the clock. These experts have Denzel Ward, uh, Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson, and Denzel Ward. If it all shapes up like it has been so far with me, I would take Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from North Carolina State, because their D-line and their defense needs work to begin with. On the other hand, if he has been taken, Bradley Chubb, then I am definitely taking Quentin Nelson. He's the number one rated guard in the draft, number one rated offensive lineman, and if he comes back, Andrew Luck is going to need better protection. That is, he's taken so many hits so early on in his career, why he was out for so long with the shoulder injury. I really think you just need to sure that up if that's a possibility. I think because that is more of a need, if Bradley Chubb is still there and Quentin Nelson are still there, which they might be, I think the Colts out of those two will end up taking Quentin Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. Now with the seventh pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now on the clock, and I am just going to throw out that they're gonna take um, they're gonna take Bradley Chubb to pair him with uh, McCoy, Gerald McCoy down there, and have him teach him all the strategies, all the nuances of playing defensive line and defensive end. It's it's a match made in heaven. On here, they have him um, possibly taking Quentin Nelson, but I just took him. Um, they have them taking Darwin James, Derwin James from Florida State. That'd be a nice little um, hometown pick, hometown feel. Then the guy has them taking Minka Fitzpatrick. Again, take your pick there. Minka, safety. Uh, James, a safety. But I just think that if he's available this late, and it could be a steal of the draft, even though he went from projected around 4th to 7, only 3 spots. If he's available, I definitely think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from North Carolina State. Moving on, now we are at the 8th pick of the Chicago Bears. Drafting Mitchell Trubisky last year showed some glimpses of being a good quarterback in the NFL. Now, their defense last year was also pretty good. They had a good defensive line. So I don't think that really needs to be addressed right away. Right now, um, what they have going on really from a lot of the experts is either Tremont Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech, who is a very fast, a very physical player, flies around to the ball. He's always around a pile or the play, the ball, plays through the echo of the whistle. Then they have also have Denzel Ward slotted for that as well. I definitely think, out of the, if you take Denzel or you take Tremont Edmonds, I, I'm fine with either of those. Another name that might come up is uh, Vita Vea, the defensive tackle from Washington, or Raquan Smith, the outside linebacker from Georgia. I think out of those four, they're going to go defense. And out of those, I would take Denzel Ward just because he impacts the game obviously in pass coverage and everything, but he is not afraid for a little bit of an undersized, not height-wise, but just weight-wise, cornerback. He is very physical, loves, loves contact, 
So that's something that I feel like the city of Chicago, the Bears organization, the history of very physical defenses will really appreciate. And Denzel Ward can come in and make an impact right away. So with the eighth pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears will select Denzel Ward, cornerback from the Ohio State University. Now we look at the ninth pick that is owned by the San Francisco 49ers. Some names that are rumored to be going there, they're all defensive players, and they're all guys that I have mentioned before except one. There's a Raquan Smith, Georgia linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, Virginia Tech, inside linebacker, and then a new name on the scene, Marcus Davenport from UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio, and then Edmonds again. So, right now they think Edmonds should be um, taken. I like, maybe it's just because I've seen him more this year, but I was every game blown away with Raekwon Smith. He's so physically gifted, he's so fast, he's so strong, and like I said, Tremaine Edmonds could be the exact same way. I've seen more tape on Raekwon Smith than I have Tremaine Edmonds. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Marcus Davenport, I get why he would be considered here for the 49ers, but I just can't justify taking him right now at ninth in the top 10 because he did put up good numbers, but it was against lesser competition, which is good. I'm fine with that. And you can argue the whole Carson Wentz situation or the Joe Flacco coming out of Delaware. I totally get that, but I just... Those are quarterbacks and these are defensive linemen. Obviously, there's a huge difference and quarterback is harder. So you would think, oh, the transition at D-line would be a lot easier. But I just can't justify Davenport going this early. And so it comes down to Edmonds and Raycon Smith. And I think they're going to end up taking Tremaine Edmonds with the ninth overall pick, the inside linebacker from Virginia Tech. Now on the clock with the 10th pick is the Oakland Raiders. There's really only two guys here that I have mentioned that haven't been drafted in my draft, and that's Minka Fitzpatrick and then Raekwon Smith. I definitely think they're going to take Raekwon Smith and see if he's available. To pair him up with Khalil Mack on one side and Raekwon Smith on the other side, that's extremely dangerous. The other guy, Minka Fitzpatrick, is a safety, and I know uh, Gorion Conley, the cornerback from Ohio State, safety cornerback, they're two very different positions, but Conley can be a very good centerpiece for your secondary, and he is... He got better as the season went along. He didn't get a lot of playing time just because it took a while for him to get the logistics and get everything down. From what I heard, he struggled with his footwork a lot and just the coverages, and that takes time. As a rookie, you have to learn an entirely different playbook with an entirely different uh, language and everything like that. So I think he develops and takes a big leap from his freshman to freshman, first year to sophomore, second year in the NFL. So I think they're going to pass on Minka and take the outside linebacker, Raquan Smith from Georgia. So that rounds out the top 10 
And just as a recap, here is who we have. at the We had the Browns with Saquon Barkley at number one. The Giants with Sam Darnold at number two. The New York Jets with Josh Rosen at number three. The Browns with Baker Mayfield at four. The Broncos select Josh Allen at six. The Colts take Quinton Nelson at six. And then the Buccaneers take Bradley Chubb. Eighth. The Bears take Denzel Ward. Ninth, the 49ers take Tremont Edmonds. And 10th, the Raiders take Raekwon Smith. So we move on to the 11th pick, and that is owned by the Miami Dolphins. A lot of these experts have them taking a quarterback that has maybe fallen a little bit here. And projected-wise, the two quarterbacks are saying that would fall is Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. If that is the case, do it. Send it. Because Ryan Tannehill isn't the answer. He's not. And coming off an injury that he is going to be coming off, it's not good. I am 100% full send on taking one of those quarterbacks if they are still there. Any of the quarterbacks that are still there. Because some people um, have Josh Rosen and Mason Rudolph in their picks being available next for the 12th and the Buffalo Bills. So if any of those guys are still available, take them. If you're not feeling that, I think a guy that you can build your defensive round, uh, Vita Vea is the defensive tackle from Washington, very, very physical guy, and very quick for his size. I like him. You just lose in Dominican Sue, so if you want to bring in a guy that you can build your defensive round, defensive round, take him, plays the exact same position, and I think in Dominican Sue just... He just doesn't give a shit sometimes, and it's extremely annoying, and I'm not going to try and sit here and bash him because he's a good player. I like him as a player, but you lose a talent like him, and you can bring in a young guy like Vita Vea, do it. So I'm going to put them down, the Dolphins, for Vita Vea, the defensive tackle from Washington. Now we move on to the 12th pick, which is owned by the Buffalo Bills. If all of these quarterbacks are gone, which I think they will be, um, Darnold, Rosen, Baker, and Josh Allen, who I have down as I have had them taken so far, the only per- people that are really left are Mason Rudolph and Lamar Jackson. I think if that's the case and everything goes how I think it's going to, the Bills are going to take Lamar Jackson. They're going to get nervous. They're going to think they need a quarterback, which they do, but they're going to feel so pressured and see that all these guys have come off the board, everything like that. They're going to have to make a push, so that's what they're going to end up doing is taking Lamar Jackson at 12. I just don't think Mason Rudolph is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, and I don't think they're going to think the same thing. They haven't even brought him in for an interview. They did bring in uh, Lamar, though, and with how quickly the running backs, not the running backs, excuse me, the quarterbacks have gone, they're going to feel they have to take somebody, which they're going to end up doing. Now on the clock with the 13th pick is the Washington Redskins, who traded for Alex Smith in the offseason to replace Kirk Cousins. I think that with who I have been had taken, I think they are going to take Minka Fitzpatrick, put him and Josh Norman in their secondary, and then... Uh, Ryan Kerrigan up front. He's so solid. I like that pick for Minka Fitzpatrick there. He's a very good, he's he's the typical Alabama player. 
just good, is going to come in to your organization, know how to be a professional because of Nick Saban and how Alabama is run and just produce on the field for you every given, every Sunday. So I think it's an obvious pick here with who I've had taken so far that the Redskins take Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety from Alabama. Moving on now to the 14th pick, we have the Green Bay Packers. These experts believe that they should take Marcus Davenport, Minka, who just went back, Mike Hughes, the cornerback from Central Florida, who was very good, or Marcus Davenport, again, the defensive end from UTSA. Now, here is where I think things could get a little interesting. If Derwin James is still available, the safety from Florida State, who some people have going as early as 7, and some people have him going as late as 20th and 21st, I think they should take him because they need secondary help. And if you can get somebody so highly rated as Derwin James who produced for Florida State last year and his entire career as a Seminole and was one of the very few bright spots for Florida State last year, you go out and do it. So I, I'm i going to say if he's available, they should take um, Derwin James, the safety from Florida State. Now with the 15th pick, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock, and every single expert thinks that they should take Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver from Alabama, the number one number one ranked wide receiver in this draft class. I think if any team is going to trade up in this draft, it's either going to be the Bills or the Cardinals. Um, I think the Bills obviously trade up to get a quarterback, one that they actually want, and I think the Cardinals really should think about it because Sam Bradford, yeah, he proved in Minnesota he can be a good quarterback, and I think the reason he was good in Minnesota is because he had a lot more talent on that team for the Vikings than it's even possible to have here for the Cardinals. Neither of the Cardinals' receivers or tight ends besides Larry Fitzgerald caught over 33 passes last year their defense is nowhere near as good as it has been last year than it was the previous years um they get david johnson back but he's been plagued with injuries i mean he was injured all last year um i mean yeah adrian peterson but i mean he's past his prime unfortunately i think if they don't trade up and with who is being left, I think you obviously do take Calvin Ridley just because you are going to need a playmaker and David Johnson can be one, Calvin Ridley can be one. Um, he can learn under Larry Fitzgerald for as long as Fitzgerald decides to play. So it, it makes sense for the Cardinals if they don't trade up to take Calvin Ridley with the 15th pick. And now we move on to the 16th pick of the NFL draft, which belongs to the Baltimore Ravens. They have brought over a plethora of wide receivers this offseason. They brought in Michael Crabtree. They have brought in... And they also... Excuse me. Brought in uh, Willie Sneed, the very explosive receiver for the Saints. What I think they should do is 
look to build around their offensive line, which a couple people have also said they think they should take Mike McGillinchy. My, I apologize if I'm saying you're wrong, your name wrong, sir. Um, or some people have expressed taking Hayden Hurst, the tight end from South Carolina, who's a good blocker along with a good um, receiver. Um, one of the experts says, hey, if he's available, take Lamar Jackson, which I don't hate. Um, Joe Flacco is going to be there for a few more years, I feel like. Lamar can be sat down and progress and learn how to be an NFL quarterback. I think they are going to end up taking uh, Mike Mick Glinch. Glinch. I'm going to call you Mike. I'm sorry. The offensive tackle from Notre Dame. I think in the always physical uh, AFC North that you need to have a good offensive line, be able to protect your quarterback. Um, Mike, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, is the number one ranked offensive tackle. They can protect Joe Flacco a little bit more. So that's who I think they are going to end up taking with the 16th pick. With that being said, we now go to the 17th pick, which belongs to the Los Angeles Chargers. All but one. Um, expert has either Derwin James or Minka Fitzpatrick going to the Chargers. So, unfortunately, they are already gone in my projected draft. The only other person that they have there, really, the one other guy is Deron Payne, the defensive tackle from Alabama. I could see him going there as well, or I could see them taking a chance and uh, going with Davenport, the man from uh, UTSA. I just don't, again, compared to a guy from Alabama and compared to a guy from uh, UTSA, I think that's what the Chargers will end up doing. And I think they pair uh, Darren Payne with um, Ingram and Joey Bosa on their defensive line, and I think that has a chance to become one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. So, with the 17th pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select Duran Payne from Alabama. We slide on down now to the 18th pick, which belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. A lot to replace here, and I definitely think they're going defense. They lose Michael Bennett. They lose Richard Sherman. They try and sign some guys that might be able to replace them. This isn't the Seahawks of old. They are not... They don't have the same identity that they had when they were consistently winning games and in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. They just don't. They don't have an identity running the ball. They expect Russell Wilson to do too much. And you might be thinking, well, why don't they take a running back? Why don't they take a running back? If they end up taking a running back, it's going to be Darius Geis from LSU. I'll just tell you that. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on that, though, because they need a lot more help on defense than what they have. So the potential guys to go for them, Josh Jackson, um, the cornerback for Iowa, a great cornerback. He is projected by two guys. And then they have Harold Landry, an edge rusher for Boston College, who it would I don't think would be on the field enough to justify the pick at 18 here for the Seahawks. I think what they'll end up doing, another guy to look at possibly for them, um, what is his name? Um, 
I'm not trying to. It's Jari Alexander. I wasn't trying to be an asshole. The cornerback from Louisville. I just forgot his first name. Um, Jackson and Alexander are the two best cornerbacks, and I think they're going to wind up taking one of them. And I think just because he's ranked higher on most boards, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to take Josh Jackson, cornerback from Iowa, with the 18th pick. And. Now, with the 19th pick, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they need some help at some positions. Um, they need a receiver. They really do. Um, Des Bryant gone. Do not really have another guy to step in. Um, Bryce Butler, um, Cole Beasley, um, Jason Witten. That's about it. So a lot of guys have Cortland Sutton from SMU, the receiver, going there. Some guys have DJ Moore going there. If if I am in their position and I am going to take a receiver, I'm taking Christian Kirk, the receiver from Texas A&M. I think he has the potential to be like Mike Evans right away, make an impact for your team, your rookie year, be your go-to guy like Mike Evans is down at Tampa Bay. But that's if they want to take that. Another guy suggests Darren Payne that the defensive tackle from Alabama, which is already gone. So if that's the case and Deron Payne is available, take him. Definitely take him. If he's not, okay. Um, I don't think they're going to reach and go for Christian Kirk. Um I don't think that they're going to go Mike Hughes, the cornerback from Central Florida, who is very good. I think they might go Taven Bryan, the defensive tackle from Florida, or they might flip it on its head and go Will Hernandez, who is a guard from Texas El Paso, to shore up that offensive line that kind of took a step back last year. Um, boy, this is tough. This is really tough, actually. I I think they're going to end up taking Taven Bryan, the defensive tackle from Florida. Now we move to the 20th pick and the pitiful. Yeah, yeah, not the pitiful. I'm, the next team that I'm going to talk about is pitiful. Uh, the 20th pick is the Detroit Lions. And right away, I'm telling you, they should take James Daniels, the center from Iowa. They should not look anywhere else. They need to show up the offensive line. They need to so bad. James Daniels is, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in this draft. He played center, so he knows the calls, knows schemes, can pick things up quickly. Um, the Lions already have a... A lineman there, uh, Taylor Decker from Ohio State, that they can build around these two young guys. So it shouldn't even be questioned. The Detroit Lions need to take James Daniels, center from Iowa, with the 20th pick. Now we get to the team that I was referring to as pitiful, the Cincinnati Bengals with the 21st overall pick. Again, every single expert says take a lineman. I think they will. Unfortunately, only one of the guys that is listed here is available. So if James Daniels makes your way to you all at the 21st pick, Bengals, take him. If he doesn't, which I don't think he will, you got to take Will Hernandez from Texas El Paso. I haven't seen a lot of film on him. 
I'll be honest with you. But the little bit I have, he was very impressive. So he can be an interior guy, be a good run blocker for uh, Mixon that will hopefully take that step and be a better player at the running back position for the Bengals in his second year. So with the 21st pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Will Hernandez, guard from Texas El Paso. Let's keep this train moving with the 22nd pick on the clock now, the Buffalo Bills. They have a lot of options here. They, in my draft, they took Lamar Jackson at um, number 12. You could look to pair up a playmaking receiver with him, which I think if you do, Christian Kirk is a good option. Um, Cortland Sutton from SMU. DJ Moore is there. Um, out of those three, I think they would be more inclined to take Sutton than Kirk or DJ Moore. So if that is the case, I think they take Sutton if they go receiver. If they don't, I think they should go uh, Leeton Vander Esch. I think he has enough speed and athleticism to contribute to an already very good um, front seven for the Buffalo Bills. I think they sure up their defense a little bit more and end up taking him with the 22nd overall pick. Now we come to the Evil Empire with the New England Patriots. Um, they have taken a really big liking in Lamar Jackson. They really have. Um... If he's available at 23, I, for some reason, I think they're going to take him. Um, their offense with Tom Brady has is, was, never will be, like an offense with Lamar Jackson ever will be. I would really be interested to see how Lamar and Belichick would work in that whole dynamic. So part of me wants Lamar to go there. I mean, obviously, he's not going to start right away. I think Belichick and... McDaniels would probably draw up some offensive schemes, a couple plays for him to get on the field and be an impact player. But you can't do that every game, obviously, so often. I think if they don't take Lamar Jackson, some a lot of the experts have them taking Colton Miller, an offensive tackle from UCLA. I, I have seen a good bit of film on him just because of looking at Josh Allen and watching a few UCLA games. He's good. Um, I'm not sold on him. I think he can be a good player, but it's going to take some time with him. If I'm them, I think they take Rashawn Evans, um, the linebacker from Alabama, and then they have Dante Hightower um, on the other side that can provide depth for both guys in the linebacking core that can play inside and outside both um, Alabama guys as well. So I think that's what they're going to end up doing is taking Rashawn Evans, the outside linebacker from Alabama, with the 23rd overall pick. Now we come to the 24th pick, which belongs to the Carolina Panthers. There is a large variety of people they could take here right now, a large variety. Mike Hughes, cornerback from Central Florida, his name has been thrown around to help a very depleted Carolina secondary that got better 
as the year went on, but losing Josh Norman really hurt them a lot. Hayden Hurst, the tight end for South Carolina, has been thrown around to provide a two tight end set with Greg Olson, a bit more athletic guy, and then Hayden Hurst, a bit of a blocking guy, but can learn from Olson. And then um, Justin Reed from Stanford, the safety, a ball hawk, or Jar Alexander has been thrown around there. Um, I've seen, I'll be honest, I've seen more tape on Jari Alexander from Louisville than I have on Mike Hughes, the Central Florida cornerback. Um, I've seen seen a few things on Justin Reed. I've not seen a lot on Hayden Hurst. I definitely think they go cornerback, and I think they end up going Mike Hughes, the cornerback from Central Florida. Now we move on down to the Tennessee Titans with the 25th pick. Everyone on here has pretty much saying they need an offensive lineman or an edge rusher, which means Harold Landry or James Daniels or Billy Price from Ohio State. Um, unfortunately, James Daniels was taken in my draft um, five picks before you all, so that's upsetting. If you need a offensive lineman, which I think they do, I don't think you should reach up and go and pick somebody like a Connor Williams from Texas or an Isaiah Wynn, a guy from Georgia, too early. Um, Colton Miller could be an option there at tackle for them. I think they either – I honestly – I think they're going to end up taking Colton Miller if he's there just because he should – has the potential to be taken early in the 20s, not middle of the 20s like this. So I'm going to tell – Tell you all that the Tennessee Titans are going to take Colton Miller, offensive tackle from UCLA. Coming down the home stretch now at the 26th pick are the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of the experts here have them taking Taven Bryan, who has already gone 19th to the Dallas Cowboys. So sorry about your luck there. They also have maybe Deron Payne, but he, again, went 17th already to the Chargers. So, they think they need somebody on the inside, is what they're telling me. I think they kind of have that figured out. I think they could look at Harold Landry, the edge rusher from Boston College. I really think that's who they should take here, because... Their defensive line, with uh, they're they're pretty good right now. Um, they got uh, Bowers and everything from Clemson. I think that he is good enough, and I think you pair Harold Landry with him. I definitely think that could be a deadly combo. So, with the 26th overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Harold Landry, edge rusher from Boston College. The next pick, the 27th pick, is uh, the New Orleans Saints, and everyone has it pretty much figured out they're going to take a tight end. It's split half and half, half, half and half Dallas, uh, Godert or um, Hayden Hurst. I think they're going to take Godert from South Carolina. South, South Dakota State is where Dallas um, Godert is from, and then Hayden Hurst is from South Carolina. They're going to take the guy from South Carolina Dakota State just because he played um, basketball just like Jimmy Graham, played basketball just like every other fucking tight end in the NFL seems like they do, where they played basketball, didn't start playing football till their sophomore year in college, 
by golly, did you know it? And every damn broadcast, the announcer tells you, hey, he had a background in basketball, and then they show the highlights of, um, fuck, Jimmy Graham, um, Antonio Gates, and then, uh, what's his face, uh, Julius Peppers, who also had a background in that, so whoop-de-doo, awesome, but I think they're going to take Dallas uh, Godert from South Dakota State here. Next on the clock are your 2019 Super Bowl champions, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, who they have the Steelers taking, Jari Alexander, Rashawn Evans, Rashawn Evans, and then Darius Geis. Geis, not happening. Rashawn Evans, I wish that could happen, but you're already taken. If you're not taken, go for it. But in the grand scheme of things in my draft, I think the best pick for them is Jari Alexander. Their secondary has been their weak spot of their defense now for, I think, about three to four years. They bring in Joe Hayden. They had Mike Mitchell, guys that are past their prime and old. And Joe Hayden isn't terrible, but I think there's definitely um, a bit of decline that you could obviously see with him. I think you bring in Jari, Jari Alexander, who can be, I think, as good as Joe Hayden was uh, was in his prime. He can learn under Joe Hayden, so I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's a great pick, even though he's from Louisville. I can't believe I am saying that, but with the 28th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select cornerback Jari Alexander from Louisville. Next, we have the team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have, a lot of the people have them taking a wide receiver. Um, there's DJ Chark from LSU. There's still Christian Kirk out there from Texas A&M. There is still uh, DJ Moore from Maryland. And there's also still Cortland Sutton from SMU. I think if they do end up taking a receiver, which I think they will, to replace um, Allen Robinson, who is now on the Bears, I think they are going to take... Portland Sutton, the wide receiver from SMU. Now we move to the 30th pick, which belongs to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they are for sure going to go um, offensive linemen. They need to protect Kirk Cousins. They need to help build on a running game with uh, Dalvin Cook when he comes back, Latavius Murray. Um, so build on that. And I think that starts with Isaiah Wynn, the guard from Georgia. I've seen a lot from him just from obviously watching games, watching stuff on Raquan Smith, um, taking some notes. He's, he's good. He's fast. He's physical. He can be a centerpiece for your offensive line for years to come. I don't want to put him on the same level as Joe Thomas of consistency and all the Pro Bowls and everything, but without a doubt can be a centerpiece and an anchor for any O-line for years to come. Back on the clock now for the second time in the first round, we have the New England Patriots. They went with... Um, at 23rd in my draft, they took Rashawn Evans, the um, <coughs> excuse me, the linebacker from Alabama. If they're gonna go with a lineman, Connor Williams, a guard from Texas, is still available, and then um, Will Hernandez, the man from Texas, El Paso, is not available. My apologies, he has been taken. 
Um, if they're going to go offensive lineman, I think that's who they need to go with is either Wynn, if he's available, or Connor Williams, just because I, th- I their offensive line is good, but it can be improved. Um, some people have um, Vander Esch from Boise State going to him as well, but in my he, my draft, he's already taken. I think a guy that they could look at as well could possibly be a uh, shit. What is he? Um, sh- hold, excuse me. I apologize. I'm trying to find his name here. Um, Christ, where is he at? There we go. Uh, Maurice Hurst, the defensive tackle from Michigan. There is some health issues that have plagued him a little bit, but when he has played, and it hurts me to say it, he has been very good, one of the best uh, defensive linemen in the country out of Michigan. It is proven. It is shown. So if they do, don't go offensive linemen, which I don't think they will. I think they'll hold off on that. I think this could be another sleeper-type pick, even though it's not a sleeper. He has, he's a first-round talent, and the Patriots just seem to do this all the time. They have some guy flying right under the radar like Hurst is, and he just turns up being a great player. And I really think this shores up a defense that, without uh, Matt Patricia there, is going to need as much talent as they can because Patricia's game planning and schemes he had really um, covered up how just kind of, uh, thrown together, bend, don't break, really, their defense was. So, sure up that defense. Um, have Dante Hightower, have Rashawn Evans with the guy you took at 23rd, and then add Hurst to defensive tackle as well. I think that's looking, that's a recipe for a very good, very improved New England Patriots defense. And now we close out the first round with the defending, the reigning Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles. So many fans, so many experts just think Sony Michelle is going to the Eagles. Um, I don't think he should. Um, I get what he can be, and I get why. And that's what I'm saying. I get why he would. You have Jay Ajayi there who are, it's pretty easy to compare these two, and this is why I understand if they did do this. Um, to the Saints, this way this tandem would work you'd have jhi as the mark ingram back the very workload-ish like run the ball between the tackles type thing and then you bring in alvin kamara get him on the edge get him catching the ball and have him uh play just like he would i get that i really do get why you would do that Another guy that is sort of talked about there is Cortland Sutton, the receiver from SMU, but he is already gone in my draft. They could look at um, Hayden Hurst, the tight end from South Carolina, as well to bring in. I think that would be a nice little piece to add for Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. I mean, it's going to be Carson Wentz, but if Nick Foles has to play some of the year, I think that's a nice little thing they could do. I think Justin Reed, the safety from Stanford, could be a nice addition to the back end of their secondary. Um, DJ Chark is a dog, the receiver from LSU. I'm listing all these people, but the more and more I say it, I just think it makes more sense that Sony Michelle is going to be their pick there. Um, 
No, I mean, you got Corey Clements that's coming back, too. You got Darren Sproles, who's on a bit of a downslope in his career. I just think that they're going to, Eagles are going to say fuck it and screw those, not screw those guys, but just put them off in the corner. And with the 32nd pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Sony Michel, running back from Georgia. Now, that concludes the Carson Sack NFL Draft Preview. Um, I do not want you to sit here and think that I am predicting each pick, pick by pick by pick. I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm taking suggestions and already um, determined mock drafts and looking at it through my point of view as if I was each team's GM and who was available and all that and taking them. I'm not sitting here and trying to argue for one player to go um, before another. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that this is exactly how it's going to be and I really want to stress that because uh, a lot of these might not be right because I am not in the uh, meeting rooms. I'm not in player interviews. I do not have connections like a Mel Kuyper or a Todd McShay or a Adam Schefter. I don't. It's just me watching tape, watching film, watching games that these people have played in and thinking about teams' needs and thinking about the best available players and the best players that fit their team needs. So that is all I can say about all of that. Um, I appreciate you listening to Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. Um, I don't know the next time I'm going to see you all, or you all are going to hear from me, but I did promise you in my last episode that there would be an NFL Draft Preview edition. I can, maybe this coming Monday or this coming week, um, it's finals week for me though, I'm a student podcaster, I'm a student first though, so just know that. But I could probably get back on here and do a little bit of a breakdown of who I think the winners are and losers are of the draft. So I can do that for you all. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls. All the support you all give me is uh, truly appreciated. And I know I say that every episode. And I don't want you all to think I'm just bullshitting you. It really does mean a lot. Um, I have guys that I kind of don't really know, and this isn't me trying to brag by any means, so please don't take it that way, but guys that try and brag and everything, like not try and brag, guys that come up to me um, when I'm working and just telling me, hey, like, when's your next episode coming out? Like, I've listened to some of them, I really like them, you need to put out another episode, I miss it. Um, guys in my fraternity that say the same thing, so it really means a lot, um, all the support, everything, I truly, truly mean that, and I because of you telling me all this, I you all aren't uh, blown up my head. It's already this big, but I still 100% believe this is the best college student-made podcast in the country. And I will stand by that until I am proven wrong or shown a better one. So, as always, thank you for listening to Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. And we will be seeing you. Johnny Manziel, five years later, how am I the man still?
Bitch, we stay winning.